Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, Pastor David and Linda, for inviting us here and giving us, um, I mean, great hospitality, you know, and even the worship team, oh, you know, um, to, as Pastor David shared, I'm going to be talking about Christ-likeness, and I think you guys have demonstrated Christ-likeness to us, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really such a joy and pleasure to be serving alongside all of you. Um, I know we are your guests, but at the same time, we would like to think that we are part of you as well, you know. Yeah, same family of God, right? You know, and, you know, as, as I was praying um, and asking the Lord, what should I be talking on because, about? Because um, I know you, you're on this season of Jesus is better, yeah? And Romans 8, 28, verse 30, uh, 28 to verse 30 was set upon my heart. Um, yeah, could I have the next slide? Yeah. And, and as... As I was meditating on it and reading it through and praying and asking, asking God to reveal the context of, of the scripture, I realized, yes, it's about Christ-likeness, right, conforming to the image of Jesus. And I, and I thought to myself, wow, Lord, this is such a huge topic. It's like, how am I going to share this on the pulpit? You know, I mean... I am still on the journey, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm far from being Christ-like in, my, in all my brokenness, you know, and, and, and it's like, how am I going to share this? You know, um, and the Lord led me to understand the book of Romans, you know, that it's not about condemnation. The book of Romans is not about condemnation. It's not about legalism as well. You know, it is about building up broken people like me. Like all of us, you know. So that, that is like an assurance that this is a journey of faith. It's a journey of faith that is led by the Holy Spirit. You know, it's, it's not led by myself or anyone else, but by the Lord. You know, because Jesus died on the cross and He was resurrected, and because of that, we can be assured, we can be very assured that, you know, in all my brokenness, in all our brokenness, we are redeemed by Him. And we can walk this journey by faith, in faith, you know. So before we read these three verses, it's uh, flash up there already. And, you know, let's, I'm, I'm, I thought I would take all of us through a very, very short historical tour. You know, I've got no pictures of it, but just bear with my long-winded sharing. <laughs> right. um, you know, the Church of Rome um, back then, even before Paul started writing all his letters, it has existed for some time already, um, both Jewish and non-Jewish Christians. We can find that in Acts 18, verse 1 to 2. And at some point, the Roman emperor Claudius decided he shall expel all the Jews, kick them out from Rome. And five years later, they were allowed back into Rome. They returned, and this is a time where a church divide is seen in Rome, you know. Um, when the Jews returned, they saw, wow, the Gentiles have made the church non-Jewish. You know, I don't know, maybe the Jews thought that 
five-string bass would be better, more cymbals on the drums, that's a real church. And the Gentiles would think that, no, the live stream should have 4K HD or 7K. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's pretty much a cyclical cycle in, you know, through the Bible even right now. If we look at it, um, the divide between churches and denominations and, and movements, it's something that as a church, as, as a body of Christ, we need to pray and break down those walls, you know, and we need unity. Yeah, you know, and you see, Paul's intention when he wrote this, this letter to the Church of Rome is really to unite the church, right? And I will get to my points and you'll understand why is it to unite the church. I'm, I'm pretty sure you understand that already. But, you know, and the book of Romans actually reveals God's righteousness with a new humanity created which God's promise to Israel have already been fulfilled. And finally, towards the end of Romans, it's about unifying the church. And so that's just in a nutshell, you know, um, Romans, the book of Romans, historically. And today we will look at Romans 8, 28 to 30, and Paul writes, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew, he also predestined or foreordained to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus, in order, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So three observations that I would like to draw our attention to. In these three verses, it's we are called by Him. Oh, they've put it up. That's fast. Thank you. We are called by Him to be conformed to His image, to the Son's image, to Jesus' image, as we continue to walk this journey by faith. Three C's that we will look at, called conform and continue. Let's look at called by Him. Can I have the next slide? Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So in verse 8, it starts off indicating that we know and we know. Paul starts off and we know. This is an indicative word. You know, um, it's the nuance when, when Paul wrote this, it's kind of like, well, we ought to know. You know, you have to know this or you better know this. No, I don't think it's that. But it's, it's really you ought to know. Right, and then saying those loving God, which is all of us Christians loving God, right, and then he move on, go on. We, we go on to read that he says all things work together for good. You know there are questions raised by theologians in in commentaries about who gets these good things, or what are these good things. You know many questions. Um, actually, the text is quite. It's, it's, it's straightforward. It's actually there. It says, those who love God. All of us, those who, who, who love God. You know, all things, all these things will work together for good based on God's heavenly version of good, not ours. You know, can I have the next slide? Thank you. Yeah. And, yeah, as we know, it does not mean our earthly good. It means 
it definitely does not mean the material good. It is the spiritual things, the spiritual things that causes his kingdom to grow. It causes his kingdom to grow. And this good thing worked according to those he called. And who has he called? Okay, I'm going to put a pin on good things, right? Let's not talk about the good things for now. We'll talk about it later, right? And it will fall in place with those that are called, which is all of us. So for those being called and those being called, they are being called, invited to his purpose. They're invited to, to partake in his purpose or his plan. You see, God is inviting us. So the word called that um, Paul used, kletois, which is the Greek word, it's an invitation. You know, the nuance of it, it's an invitation. God is inviting us to partake with him. God is calling us into his presence to follow him, to walk with him. You know, if, if I, I, I call Pastor David, he can choose to pick it up or he can choose not to pick it up. If I invite you to my place for, for dinner, to have a nice Asian spicy food meal, right? You can choose to come and enjoy it and, you know, um, get some recipes or you can, well, reject it and hurt my feelings real bad. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. You know, so we are invited as sons and daughters of the living God for His purpose. No one else, you know, not the earthly church or anyone else. The earthly church purpose is the same. It's for God's purpose. You know, we are invited to walk with Him, to follow Him, and be like Jesus, which I'll talk about later in conforming to be like Christ. You know, He has called each and every one of us, every one of us, for the furtherance of His kingdom. You know, His purpose is, is for His people to love Him, right? So, you know, um, the, in, 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 in the Synoptic Gospel, um, the the um, law experts, all right, they ask Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind. And therefore, it, it is, in a way, a, there's a parallel to this passage as well. You know, we are called to love Him. We are called to love God. We are called to love Him. We are called to love others because that's the second thing that Jesus said to the law experts. Love your neighbor. Yeah? So, to love one another and then to share His generous love, God's generous love. And what's that? Salvation, the gospel. Spread the gospel, right? And this is why each and every one of us, you know, that are called by God into His presence, we are all given different gifts. You know, Romans 12, 4 to 8, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Timothy 1 and 6, 1, um, chapter 1, verse 6, it all talks about the gift. All of us are given different gifts, it's not for our benefit. I mean, it, it also is for our benefit, but it's not for us. It's not for our purpose. It is for the purpose of His kingdom. It is for the purpose of serving one another, serving the church, you know, so that His kingdom will grow. Yeah. You know, and these gifts are the good things, which is, I'm going to take the pin out from good things now, right? These gifts are the good things that we will receive, that we have received. You know, and it's to, and it's for us to use it, use them, to glorify Him. So we use them to also spread the good news, pun intended. Yeah, the good news of Jesus, right? That's the good thing as well. And again, I'll repeat again. I think I've said this. I don't know ten times. It is for His 
purpose, not ours. You know, it's important to keep repeating, you know, nagging like how I nag my kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, the, the faster we, we come to terms with this, the faster we come to terms and acknowledge this truth that all of us are called, every one of us who, has, who, who accept Christ, we are called into His presence, we are called for His purpose. The faster we acknowledge this, the less tired and weary we become. You know, Matthew 6.26 says, do not, be, do not worry for, for tomorrow, will worry for, uh, for, for itself, sorry, <laughs> tongue-tied. Yeah, yeah you know, um, I remember, I hope I'm not talking too fast. You guys are good? Are great. All right. You know, um, two and a half years, no, two and a half months ago, um, I, I, I attended a, a conference and this speaker was, was sharing about how many Christians are actually suppressing and, and even restraining our calling. You know, God has called us. Where is it in, in our gifting? Or even called as sons and daughters, you know, stepping into the presence of God, partaking in what the Lord has called us to be doing. And I'm not, it's not about just the five, the five-fold ministry of teaching, um, evangelist, you know, it's, it's not just about that. It's as simple as being committed, a committed member in the church, you know, um, being accountable to a leader, to a pastor, to build relationship, you know, um, to be in discipleship. You know, um, discipleship without relationship, it's kind of like a sinking ship, right? Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a good Christian rap. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not a rapper. You don't want to hear me rap. Yeah. You know, and some are called to wash the feet of people, pastors, shepherds. You know, I, I, I remember um, back in Singapore, in my previous church, um, my, my dad has been a pastor for the past 30 years. And I remember this, um, the facilities manager came and talked to me and said, um, wow, Ezra, your dad, uh, he cleaned up the whole toilet and even the carpets. Why, why I'm sharing this with you is because um, my, my, my dad's ministry, he's in charge of, uh, or rather he's pastoring um, um, the special people ministry, the special needs. Um, yep, so, so yep, some are at the spectrum and, and at the same time, he, is, he, he you know, he, as he preaches, he helps them, and, and yeah, I mean, his ministry has been growing seven times. It's, it's amazing, yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, he will go to the toilet and he, and he find wet toilet roll on the ceiling, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's fun when I was a teenager, I did that. <laughs> no, please don't do that. No. <laughs> now you know, yeah. So, um, and, 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 and my dad cleaned up the toilet, you know, and the facilities manager would always tell him, no, no, pastor, you don't, you, you shouldn't be doing this, you're a pastor, you know, I, I, I would do it. But my dad said, no, precisely, I'm a pastor, so I am cleaning it up, not you, you should go and have coffee, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, here, as a son hearing that, I was like, oh, that's my dad, you know. Yeah, at the same time, I thought, oh, I think I failed in that area of cleaning up everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I mean, it's, it's a lot of things that I can learn from my dad, you know. And, and that's, that itself, it's, it's um, Christ-likeness, you know, being a pastor. And maybe some of you are called into a prophetic ministry, some of you are called into 
different areas of ministry and, you know, don't, don't restrain it, don't suppress that calling, step into it by faith, you know, because the more we walk in, in the path that God has put us on and lead us, the less tired we become, you know, spiritually, mentally, physically, yeah, because if, if I choose to restrain and, and choose not to walk in that area, I, I remember um, the, I knew that the Lord was calling me into full-time ministry and I pretended not to hear, you know. And in 2011, I, I bought over a company and I thought, no, I just bought a company. I'm not going to work in full-time ministry, you know, and, until I, I finally, uh, in 2014, I was like, oh, that's so tiring. Okay, okay, God, I will, I will step into it. You know, um, as far as I remember, I think, well, my wife can, can testify to that. I think I've slept quite well after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, so we, we don't want to walk in worldliness, you know, of like, no, I don't want to, to, to walk. Um, I, I don't want to be, to, I, I know God is calling me to something, but I don't want to, I'm, I'm afraid don't just step into it by faith, you know, so that we don't grow tired and weary. And, and if, if this speaks to you, you know, today is the day to say that, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk in your purpose. You know, I don't want to fight it anymore. Stop wrestling the way Jacob did. I mean, Jacob is a wonderful guy, right? I mean, we read, about, we read in the Bible. I'm just borrowing his, his testimony. You know, he, Jacob wrestled. He wrestled with the angel. And then he had a limp after that because his, the socket was pushed out of his, uh, was the hip, right? So don't, 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 walk, don't walk with a limp, you know? Why walk with a limp when we can have two feet, two of our feet on the ground, you know, and fight the good fight, fight with our feet planted on the ground and not limping, you know? Walk in his calling for his purpose so that we can grow to become like Christ, to become like Jesus, which leads me to my second point, conform to the image of Jesus Christ. You know, growing to become more like Christ is, yes, conform, um, as we see in, in 20, uh, verse 29 and verse 30, the next slide. You know, we see God's redemptive plan in, in, in these two verses. And Paul wants the church of Rome to understand this. You know, he wants the church of Rome to understand that God's interest is about his, his redemptive plan. It's not our plans. His redemptive plan. Plan, singular, it's not plural. He has only one plan that is... Yeah, it is, yes. Yeah, it's plan A. And the main focus here is about his son, Jesus, being glorified through his creation. What's his creation? Who are his creation? All of us, yeah, all of us. We are His creation, you know. And in order for this to happen, we have to conform. We have to conform to Christ. It is for His glory, not for our glory. You know, even Romans 12, 2, in the next slide, we will see that it says, do not be conformed to, the, to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our minds, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. Our bodies, our bodies are to be holy and acceptable to God. It is our worship unto Him, the temple of God, because we are to conform to be like Christ. That's why it is a worship unto God. 
you know, and, and then Paul goes on to tell the church of Rome not to conform to the patterns of the world, not, do not be conformed to the patterns of this age, you know, the generation, and with the renewing, <clears throat> the renewing of our minds, you know, through the reading of a scripture, allowing the Holy Spirit to renew our minds. So, conforming, it, you know, it, it, I would say that sometimes there is a negative sound to it, conforming to something, or there's also a positive thing to it. You know, a person can be conformed to a society, a group uh, that leads to bad behavior, you know, and the person conformed to that behavior, conformed to that worldview, you know, uh, blindness to our own behavior. But conforming can be in a good way as well. We, we're in a church, a community that has um, good godly principles, uh, uh, even schools with good principles, not principle, but principles, uh, values and everything. Um, people, well, we can conform to these good values, you know, in a, world, in a way we'll say it's like a worldview. And both, both of this basically makes us become the object that we are in or we become an object of who we partake in or what we partake in. In this case, we partake of God, right? Yeah. So being conformed in the image of Christ or being like Christ is to be in harmony with His commands, not to push away, oh no, this command, oh, it doesn't suit me. Not for this generation. Let's put it aside. Well, that's conforming to the patterns of the world, right? So all His commands work in harmony. Sorry, we must work in harmony with His commands or we must be like Christ, right? And who we are, um, who we are, how, where we go, how, you, um, how we are at, at home, in work, school, we have to be Christ-like, right? So this is not to say that if I struggle to be like Christ, if I struggle because, well, I know I'm a sinner, I'm imperfect, does that mean that I am not conforming to, I'm not conforming to Jesus Christ? Does that mean that I'm a, I'm a bad Christian, right? Because I've got a bad past. You know, I, I, I had a near-death accident because, no, not because. I had a near-death accident, um, but before that, I was kind of like, wasn't really going to church, you know, um, and after the, 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 the near-death accident, it shook me up and I realized, hey, God, you preserved my life. I have to get back, you know. Um, I, there's still a metal in my leg, actually, but I'm walking fine. Yeah. So I'm not limping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no Jacob. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, but the, the truth is that, the truth is we've got the scripture to teach us. We've got his word to teach us to be aware, to be so aware as we renew our minds and become more aware of our, our imperfections. You know, this, this awareness is, is not about self-condemnation, it's not about self-victimization or self-pity or low self-esteem. No, because John 3, 17, it says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, so we are not condemned. We are not condemned. No, it is because we are not perfect. Hear this, it is because we are not perfect and that is why we need to conform to the image of Christ. It is because of that. See, God already knew, He knew all of us. He knew you. He, knew, he knows the number of hairs on our head. And because He knew it, He knew we, we struggle to be perfect. 
That's why he, to- he tells us we need to be like Christ for His purpose. You know, he did not assume, he knew, right? In the next slide, we can see verse 29. If I translate what Paul um, writes, what, what he has written in Greek, it is literally indicating that God already knew. He knew before. You know, we know all the scriptures that God knew before, even before we were born, right? Indicating that he foreordained or predestined us. See, this is not, what is written, you will see, yeah, there's an ED behind the um, predestined, right? It's, it's not a past tense, actually. It's, it is an aorist tense, which is a, a verb in Greek that, that doesn't tell us when God started or when he finished. Basically, did God ever stop? You know, in a way, it's just telling us he is always calling us. He's always calling us into his presence. He's always asking us to conform to be like Christ. There is no end to it. You know, therefore, conform to the image of Christ is not a once-off process. No, it is a continual process that requires faith. And that leads me to my final point. Finally, final point. Sorry, <laughs> no, I meant for you guys, not for me. I, I can go on talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, continue to walk by faith. You know, you know. We we started the first point with verse twenty-eight when I, I was sharing that um, the first three words that Paul have 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 wrote, and we know, right? And I'm going to finish the last point with this verse again. And we know. So again, he's saying, we ought to know this, actually. We ought to know, right? We ought to know because when we walk in his calling, when we accept his calling, we walk, or rather we accept his invitation, we will actually know, right? Because we love him. And when Paul wrote this, he's writing to the Church of Rome, and I'm very sure it's also very practical for all of us and decades to come and generations to come. You know, Paul wrote this by faith. He wrote this by faith, knowing that the Lord will direct and lead His people towards His purpose in due time. He wrote all this by faith, knowing it, even though the Church of Rome was, in a way, a little chaotic, disunited, but he wrote it knowing that, well, the Holy Spirit is going to change them, you know. And and that is why the way Paul writes, if you read Romans, Ephesians, Galatians, Philippians, he writes it with a lot of conviction. He writes it with a lot of affirmation, encouragement to the church. And it's amazing, you know, the convictions that he has. But this is just kind of like scratching the surface. We look in at verse 30 in the next slide. Um, Paul used the word also three times. Okay, not to overread into the word also. Um, he, he used this adverb three times, deliberately. You know, Paul, he, used, he, he was a Pharisee. He's very well educated. So the way when he writes them, there's certain nuance why he used certain words to, to emphasize, to indicate to readers what it really meant. So when he write this about using the three also, 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 right? He says, God also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. So this adverb also by itself, well, doesn't really mean much, but until we put an action to it, until we put a verb to it, it then it means something. 
However, when he, he used this word also, this adverb, it is actually telling us that being called, justified, and glorified works together. It doesn't work separate, you know, in, in, in a separate way. It, it's not like a checkbox, tick box. Do you call it tick box here? Checkbox? Yeah. Right? Um, you don't just tick off, all right, I've been called, I've done that, I'm done, next, justified, all right, next. It doesn't work that way. Most of it doesn't work that way in the Bible, you know. It's, it's always in, in a marriage, it's to be understood together. Because all of these are all written in its indicative, it's all iris tense, actually, it's not, a, it's not a past tense, you know. It is a marriage, it works together, right? Just like a marriage between husband and wife, I can't be like telling my wife, well, I've done the dishes. Tick. Do I need to take care of the kids? Hmm. Maybe tomorrow. You know, it doesn't work that way. You wash a dish, you've got to take care of the kids. You know, it's at the same time. You, know, you can't separate it, right? You know. <laughs> yes. So see, Paul's statement here about glorification, this is, he's actually indicating to the Church of Rome and to us, it describes the final redemption. And this final redemption is when our earthly bodies fade away. In verse 29 to 30, in the next um, slide, it should be honest, we should understand this as the process of our journey as we walk this, this journey of faith, as we walk this journey as a Christian. It is a whole process that is written in verse 29, 30, you know, and towards perfection, while we are still on earth and while we are still waiting for His coming and the return of the Father. So this journey of faith is for every one of us. So where we are, how our lives are, how our lives turn out to be, or how our lives are going to turn out to be, depending on how old you are, right? If, like me, in my 20s. No, not really. I'm in my 40s. Yeah. You know, it is a faith journey, right? Um, the journey of faith. You know, even at the age of like, um, I think was it, was it 37 or 38 that we decided, all right, God, we shall stop pushing it away again. We are going to step into the missions of what the Lord is going to call us to be, uh, to and, and where. Um, and yeah, you're never too young or too old to be on, on this journey. You know, because in, in verse 18, in chapter 8, verse 18, I, I don't have it on the slides actually, um, Paul says this, it is not worth comparing our current suffering to the glory that will be revealed to us at the end. It's, it's not worth. Not worth, no. Because we live in a world of suffering, we, we do, right? If you look around the news and everything, yeah, there's a lot of suffering. And People are blinded as well with so many things, you know. Um, I mean, we're always asking God to reveal our eyes, our hearts to what we are blinded to, right? There's so much suffering. And it's because of that we need to walk this journey of faith with groaning in our spirit. Groaning, not grumbling, please. Please don't grumble. Groaning, gro groaning is, is like, a, you know, um, the anticipation. We're ante anticipating Christ's return, you know. So in our anticipation, we do not forget what walking in faith is. You know, it is really stepping into what God has called us to and it is to conform to the image of Christ and, 
as we conform to the image of Christ, we, we have to continue to walk this journey of faith. You know, walk by faith in every step. Amen. Yeah, therefore, you know, we, we continue to walk by faith because He has called us. He has called every one of us, each and every one of you. And I will repeat it again and again and again. He called us. He has ordained us for His purpose. You know, I'm becoming quite a neck now, right? Called for His purpose. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, I'm not hurt. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know. <clears throat> so, it's for His purpose so that we will be conformed to the image of Christ because we are not perfect. We are not perfect, therefore we need to conform to the image of Christ. So in conclusion, these three C's work together in a marriage. It harmonizes with one another. Again, it is not a checkbox, you know. No, it's not. It is in harmony. It's not in a hierarchical, it's not a hierarchy kind of, 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 of um, points that I'm bringing across here. It works in harmony, you know. So in the next slide, you can see, which, which I put there, Christ's likeness is to accept that we are called by Him for His purpose to be conformed to the image of Jesus as we continue to walk this journey by faith. Amen. 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 Yeah. Amen. And, you know, yesterday as I was praying, I was asking God, you know, um, what would you like to do? No. Of course, God would like to do many things in our, in, in our hearts. You know. yeah. I was praying, what, what would the invitation be for today? And two things the Lord put in my heart. One is for Christians, like even myself. You know, I'm not perfect yet. You know, I, whenever I, I stand on a platform, I, I cannot put on um, a fanciful front you know, behind a wall. You know, I, I have to let people know how broken I am as well. You know, standing here means a vulnerability, yes. right? And, and as the Lord put this, put this in my heart, this invitation for all of you, it's, it's for me as, as well. You know, that today, making, making this decision to be like Christ, it's actually surrendering. What is it that we need to surrender to Him? What is it that we need to put it at, a, at, at the foot of the cross, you know, give it all to Him. What are the baggages from the past? Or if you have moved from a different church, what are the baggages from, a, from a, the previous church that you have brought it over? What are the baggages from childhood or, and, and so on and so forth from the previous company that you work in? What are the baggages that you need to surrender? The anxieties, the baggages, the worries... Today is the day to encounter Him. Today is the day to allow the Holy Spirit to give you the strength to let go of it. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.